3: Welcome on in everybody to Jay Bird watching on this Wednesday afternoon right before the end of the baseball season as we are heading into game two of the World Series between the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves with the Braves up 1-0 on the Houston Astros after last night's win. We'll dissect that in a little bit, but first we are the official podcast of jay's journal check us out there even though i've forgotten to post some articles recently on it that's my bad uh and stadium scene as well but this all wouldn't be possible without my co-hosts craig borden and chris key gentlemen how are you doing this evening lovely oh we're very well very well indeed <laughs> it's
2: actually a bright sunny day here in rochester for the i first know it, it was, it was freaking raining. me out <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm only across the pond from you guys, but I was hoping there's some sh- sunshine going up your way, too. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was beautiful <laughs> here today. It was like 16 degrees outside at one point, 16 Celsius, which I'm not sure what the conversion is to Fahrenheit. So we'll it say was- that's okay. <laughs> for this, yeah, right right there. It's probably very similar. For this time of year, that is perfectly fantastic. And you can't complain, especially after, what, it was, like, raining for the past, like, three days. But, yes. <laughs>
2: It, the only fun uh, part was we were cooking bacon for BLTs tonight. and it, Of course, this is, you know, one of those inevitable things. Bacon grease goes everywhere, and sure enough, there was fucking smoke everywhere in the house. So we had to open oh, up every window, and it's only got cold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: of course. As soon as that sun goes down, and we're in October, almost November, it gets chilly, and that means that it's the height of the World Series, which we are in right now, gentlemen. Last week, we were wrapping up our predictions for who would make it into the World Series, and I believe... Craig, I'm not sure if you remember who we all picked, but I believe we both did have the Astros and the Braves uh, when it was all said and done. Not that that means anything, because we kind of repicked after every series has gone by and every game has gone by. Whenever we were whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, but whatever, we got it right. It is the Astros and the Braves. Chris you're unable to join us last week so I want to start with you what have been your thoughts on the playoffs so far we only have what a max possibly of six games left of this baseball season before we go into a world of uncertainty with the CBA agreement but how about the start the World Series got off to last night especially Charlie Morton breaking his leg and still making a couple getting a couple outs wow that was nuts.
0: Yeah, so let's start first and foremost. My prediction is I uh, should the Astros and the Braves get into the World Series.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> so we're <thinking. laughs> right. uh, yeah, sorry, sorry.
3: Uh, yeah, I guess
0: I don't. Know. I I didn't catch much of the game last night. I kind of just skimmed through some of the highlights. So like the Charlie Morton thing is just isn't that absurd? Like breaking his yeah. breaking his fibula and then getting three more routes let alone striking out Jose Altuve in the process with that that's pretty damn impressive um tell the tape on this one like it's gonna come down to how how well can the Atlanta Braves starting pitching carry this team uh and how far can the Houston offense pick up their bad pitching I think that that that's just about the story in all this, let alone all the other, the sideshow and antics that are going on with the rest of it. But if we keep it just to the, just to the ball team or the, I don't even want to say ball teams, but just the on on field play is the Atlanta pitching just good enough to stave off the Houston Astros offense. And I don't know. Atlanta hasn't let us down yet. So I don't know. It, it's tough call, but it, if Bregman and Altuve and Gurriel really get going,
3: oof. it's tough to bet against a- them.
0: <laughs> a- a- Atlanta could be in real tough, real fast, because that Houston offense is, I don't want to say, a lot like the Blue Jays offense, but they can put up four, five, six runs in an inning really real quick. A- and in the playoffs, that's hard to come back from. Hard to come back from.
3: It sure is. Craig, how about the uh, NLCS that Eddie Rosario had? That was some, like, next-level stuff from a guy who some thought could be a Blue Jays target last offseason – before the whole George Springer signing. But, man, he got traded a little bit right at the deadline, right before the deadline from Cleveland over to Atlanta. He rehabbed, spent a whole bunch of time in the minors, and then, wow, I wouldn't say he's come out of nowhere because Eddie Rosario's had some good years in the majors with the Twins, um, and he was all right with Cleveland uh, the last little bit. But, Jesus, that came out of nowhere to steer them to the World Series, didn't it?
2: Eddie Rosario is one of those guys that's always been an enigma to me. He's either one of the best players in baseball or he's yeah. like not a hard thought, thought. There's right. nothing in between. And it's just he's super streaky. But to the point right now, he's riding the wave. And could the Braves hit better on any of their trades or any of their acquisitions, especially on the guys that they picked up since Acuna went down, who ironically, I heard he was technically active for this series. Has anybody read that? Or I, am I the only not. But... I just baffled me. because they're saying May for his actual return. So I guess whatever, threatening. But to that point, I just can't believe Rosarios came on to this point. And watching him, is that's the kind of stuff that I love about baseball. Somebody always finds a way in the playoffs to turn around and shine. And nine times out of ten, it's not the guy you would think of. It just seems like there's always something. It's like Kelly Gruber all of a sudden hitting a home run in 1992 after he was in the biggest slump since the All-Star break. It's the Ed Sprague's hitting home run. It's somebody coming out of nowhere like that to – you know, just really take a team and run with it. It's the fact that like when in 2015 that Ben Revere becomes like the best leadoff hitter in all baseball for two
1: months
2: (laughs) and stuff like that. But Eddie Rosario has found a way to help this team and has put him on his back a little bit. But if they continue to ride this offense that they've been doing, the Braves are going to be hard to stop because they do have the pitching. I don't think their bullpen is crazy good, but they just don't have any big glaring holes in that bullpen. It's about the same level of guy through the whole bullpen and that does some good things and I've always been the school of thought in
3: playoff baseball good
2: pitching tends to be good
3: yeah no very fair it's uh gonna be interesting to see how the rest of this series plays out and Honestly, I, I don't know about you guys, but seeing what the Braves have done beating the crazy pitching of the Brewers, which we all thought they didn't have much of a chance to do, and then going and beating the the last team of destiny that we thought was a team of destiny, the San Francisco Giants, uh, decently handily. Um, now I feel like the Atlanta Braves are just destined to win the World Series and go out on top with Freddie Freeman before he maybe hits free agency after the season is done. But my goodness, it's going to be... Both bittersweet, but also kind of awesome that baseball will be done simply for the fact that I know we're heading into some potential CBA issues. We can touch on that later. But free agent signings, a whole bunch more activity in the offseason, but it just means we're that much closer to Blue Jays baseball, especially after missing the playoffs by one game. I cannot wait until they report spring training, and I cannot wait until opening day. Just start the season again already so that we can try again and hopefully this time succeed and get into the dance because I thought we've said it a couple times. But had the Blue Jays gotten in, I had at least gotten to where the Boston Red Sox were. And you never know. They could have ended up beating the Houston Astros and been there right now. But that being said, what do you guys think will happen the rest of the way? Tonight, we got Jose Urquidy for Houston against Freed for the Atlanta Braves. Honestly, both are good pitchers. But that, to me, screams Atlanta. Advantage Atlanta with Max Freed. It's been a damn good pitcher. Craig, you lead off with this one. In the end, will we actually be recording next week on Wednesday on the eve of a game 7 or will the series be done by the time we record our next episode?
2: I don't think there's going to be a game 7. I think it's 6. And oh, I, okay. at the moment I'm seeing it swinging Atlanta's favor. I think that tonight Max Fried runs away with it. And that's more or less because I don't trust Jose Aceti to really, you know, rise to the occasion right now because we already saw him screw up his one start in the playoffs, is right. looking for that bounce back. Um, to that point, I tonight I think this is going to be a close game, I do think that, but I think that Arquiti's going to find a way to uh, cough up that extra run or maybe had that one bad inning where the Braves are able to run away with a win. And I think because they're going to turn around and have guys like Max Fried come back in a game early, I would expect now with the Charlie Morton thing, probably that they're going to have the pitching advantage, I think. And I just think that that's how it's going to play out. Like I said, the pitching usually tends to be good hitting this time of year. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. Unless the Astros, key to this whole thing is, they have to somehow get into that bullpen and tire the hell out of everybody. Yeah, unless the offense runs away with something, which I don't see happening, I think that's the Astros' ticket to fame here. And then the uh, Braves need to do what they've been doing. And just find a way to edge out teams, get enough pitching and get those couple of extra runs on the board. And hope Jose, Eddie Rosario just runs away with it again or Freddie Freeman goes for a three home run game. Who knows, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: But
0: Chris, I just breaking Okay. Chris, where are you going? Uh, I think that's hard to argue with at this point, to be honest. And like going on with Max Fried, I want to say, why can't I pull up his. Why can't I pull up his postseason? I want to say he's pitching to like a 170 ERA or something silly it's been for bad. postseason starts. Like it's ridiculous. So it, it's so hard to bet against Atlanta right now. But like, would you feel better about Houston if Grenky was old Grenky right now? Like I like they could have Verlander out there, and I guess you could say that like. Atlanta could obviously have Acuna, but Houston just, they they don't feel as scary. And if they're not hitting, like there's nothing really special to keep them in games. Like there's no, there's no dominant pitcher. There isn't, there isn't vintage Verlander out there, or there isn't a Scherzer even, or, or anybody like that where you're like, Oh yeah, Houston has this game. I don't feel like that with any of these. Yeah, Uh, the, The most confident pitcher I probably, or the most, um, so do I see them going back to Atlanta up to nothing? Yeah, yeah,
3: that's where I'm going too. Pretty deceiving and rough for them to come back from. I think. Yeah, see, back I'm like. On. If they win tonight and go up two oh going back to Atlanta, it's not going to Houston in my mind. I think maybe no. is at one, but if you go up two oh and you have a chance to win the World Series Atlanta at that new park with Freddie Freeman in front of the home fans, that just screams, hey, you got to get it done. If they are up maybe 3-1 and they fail, to, that would be a game five to clinch it, and it goes back to Houston. That would be the only way I think we get a game seven. You go 3-2, Houston wins game six, mm-hmm. and then they sell. If the Braves win tonight... I don't think it comes back. I think the season ends on Sunday night. Mm. If the Braves lose tonight, however, then all bets are on to see what happens. Then for sure, you're going back to Houston for game six, just a matter of where you're at in the series. So Mm. in the end, I'm probably going to go Atlanta myself as well. And because I'm kind of cheering for one of my friends who works for their triple A team, uh, because it sounds like he could get himself a World Series ring, which would be cool because he would be one of the only people in the world, possibly with both a Grey Cup championship ring from the Edmonton then named Eskimos, now named the Edmonton Elks and the Atlanta Braves. So that'd be a pretty damn cool combination. There I don't think go. anybody else could have that combo. So go Braves just for that. But mm-hmm. as a couple people There's have noted, slight, you know, distance between those two but i i can totally understand people's um, i don't think the right word is frustration but um, just kind of distaste for the braves with the whole tomahawk chop thing and there's a rumor that donald trump is going to be at game four on saturday going to game four yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the braves don't care what anybody thinks politically they do completely nope. opposite of what a lot of normal thinking people would want.
4: <laughs> so.
3: they just made me want against
1: Georgia. just maybe want to George. Oh
0: man. Yeah. Yeah, let's
3: get let's get Gibby
0: his For ring his. and
3: make the world right.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
3: He would get a ring from being an advisor. AA would get his ring would get his ring. There's did a lot did of you good. ever hear like one of the
0: first interviews when he got that job? Was, yeah. No, no. You didn't hear that? I I don't know if he was on with Bob McCowan or it was somebody like that. And they were like, so like, what do you actually do as an advisor? He's like, I don't know. They call (laughs) me and they they ask me some things sometimes. And I just sit back and uh, I, I kick it at home. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my god that sounds like such a john
0: gibbons beer drinking
2: yeah. job <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, it, it was basically i don't know what i'm doing they just call me and they ask my opinion on things sometimes his next step is joining this podcast to have a few more beers and
2: make
3: oh some, make man beer. that would be a dream <laughs> to get john gibbons on that would be amazing
0: <laughs> uh,
3: i'm gonna find uh, a way to look
2: him up just to do that hey
3: do, do it again, you, you
2: can, can you would can would you rather do he's, something special
0: advising over here. <laughs> He's on one of those like
3: memos or whatever they are. Yes. You can yeah.
2: that, you can that, send him a message
3: there. Billy Chili <laughs> on Twitter. That was, uh, that was hilarious. That whole video for his graduation. He's mm-hmm. oh yeah. What a gem. And I think we should start the official campaign for John Gibbons for New York Mets manager, because that just seems like such a lot. Logical... Uh, I don't want him to go to that <laughs> dumpster fire though. I know it's tough. It's tough, but it just seems I... like such a logical fit with, the fact he used to play for them and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I, I'm Did with you on the fact that it'd be a little bit of career suicide. Did you hear that uh, Ozzie Gian is one of the names being
0: floated around for the San Diego Padres? What? I love that. So oh, easy. my I love God. That. <laughs> like, that's just that's taking a whole bunch of fireworks, lighting, like
3: lighting the oh,
0: box, man. shaking it and throwing it in a corner. So that's we'll all that is.
3: Tony Larusa to the big leagues to manage the year this year and next year. We're going to bring back Ozzy Guillen. My goodness, who's going to come next? Is Bobby Cox coming oh, come up? on? Somebody coming. Give Tony
2: Larusa a job this offseason. season. You're worried about Ozzy Guillen. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that with Machado and Tatis and uh, that's some r-
3: fireworks right there. Oh right? man, some fireworks in that. that just, dugout.
0: That gives you a full
2: crack or like um. Yeah, you know, fireworks and slam to slam Diego, not
3: just
0: slam yeah. Diego. As a completely off topic, who if there's a manager out there right now to lead a team like the San Diego Padres after winning the last two off seasons, I would almost say, and having an absolute disastrous season, I would say for for <laughs> them at least. What kind of manager do you see them picking up And who's out there that would fit the bill Hmm. I can I I have always such a
3: tough time recollecting on managers Who are actually out there and available Because there's so many But Hmm. I mean, maybe Ozzie Guillen wouldn't be so bad At the end of the day I like the Ozzie
2: Guillen idea Because they completely underperformed And that's what the White Sox were doing before they hired him So Light a fire under their ass (laughs) Literally, right? (laughs) Ozzie Guillen is savage. He won't leave anybody safe. <laughs>
3: I'm just like I'm just trying to think of other, like maybe Ron Washington. I mean I know that's been a link. Yeah, um,
0: that's I can a see a Ron Washington.
3: Yeah, it's gonna I mean, be a veteran guy, I think. With all yeah,
0: this- yeah. It, it, to, it, 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 it'll, it'll be somebody like I that. I, I've heard Buck Showalter's name oh. floated around. I don't think he fits that team at all. Although no. there's a connection with Machado, I don't see. I don't see that happening at all. Um.
2: If that was going to happen, something like that, you know, wouldn't you think they would be still like grabbing, like, okay, go for Sandy Alomar Jr.
0: or something like that, who's been managing a lot in the minor leagues and with the he's NBA there's got to be something there though guys, because he's he's always been floated around for what the close. past fifteen years, to, yeah, and, he, and he and he, 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 he
2: like 10 times.
0: well yeah, <laughs> but there's got there's got to be some there's got to be something that raises red flags with him though because yeah, he's he's, he's been. Before he's been up for consideration for the last 15 years and nobody's ever made him the manager of a team. So there's gotta be something that pops up in interviews or something pops up somewhere that he just doesn't fit with teams. And it's not just the blue Jays. His name has come up with his name has come up by everyone all over the place. Yeah. He likes to bug. Can I be this guy and be really controversial with where I know the
2: topics going later? Jesse yes.
3: Barfield. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can transition over to that now if you want. Um that is one of the rare topics these days uh that somewhat relates to the Toronto Blue Jays that we can dive into a little bit. The one good thing about the World Series possibly ending as soon as next week or even this weekend is the fact that we can slowly move on to our off-season stuff and all that stuff we've been saving for a little while and then that just opens up a whole vault of content. But we're almost there. If there is still a World Series game next week, we'll hold off until the season's done, but we will uh, go into that in due time. So, this story kind of broke when was it last week, Thursday or Friday? Chrissy sent the message about it to Craig and myself. All took a look, read it again this morning, and the gist of the story from what I understand unless I'm completely missing something from my skimming through of the article and reading his tweet that was since deleted uh but still up on sportsnet.ca, is that in his role as what is it's not not a isn't an advisor or
0: he's like an alumni advisor or like something like Alumni that. coordinator I think he just like he's in charge of the alumni events
3: or is like right. an advisor to those events or basically a big something. fan at Pretty the end well. of the day trying to Pretty keep well. them relevant uh from yep. somebody who's a good player yeah, that, right fa- that fact he's a
2: member of the blue jays not officially organization but he's like the family member right right <laughs> so what he yeah, was, yeah. More or less, and i think that's basically how he kind of summed it up
3: he's like a first cousin uh that that's a very good way to describe it he's not part of the immediate family but he's right there in that next tier but apparently, over the course of what was it this past season, he broke protocol, uh, whatever that means. I'm guessing what it means is that he helped three different Blue Jays with their hitting. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like trouble that's brewing here at all. I also don't think there's anything to be necessarily mad about with this. Because in his post, he said he was just trying to help some guys who got off to some slow starts, one of those being Teoscar Hernandez, another being Luis Gorriel Jr. But at the end of the day, Chris, because he brought this to our attention, what do you think it all means? I mean, he tried to help them by giving them hitting tips. It doesn't seem like any feathers were ruffled between him and Guillermo Martinez, the actual hitting coach. I know that Dante Bichette has spent some time in the dugout helping with hitting Dave Hudgens with his weird, not bench coach title anymore. And whatever (laughs) coach he is these days, he's helped with hitting, but like what, what spurred this on? This seems very random. (sighs) If you kind of read some of Jesse
0: Barfield's tweets and kind of go through some of his videos, uh, he, he's a confident dude, real confident dude, and it kind of translates a little bit, and what some people might call a little egomaniac, maybe, and and, and a little bit, a uh, little bit maybe full of himself. But on, on the other hand, a lot of people say he's a great guy, gives all the time in the world to fans and to people, and we'll will talk and and whatnot. To, to me. To me, it does scream that somebody got a little bit butthurt that Barfield put his two cents in to try and help the younger boys. Um, and he they didn't like him stepping on their toes. Yeah. Um, to me, at the end of the day, did you get three guys that are nominated for silver sluggers out of the deal? Yes. <sighs> Who cares yeah, at that point? I- like take whatever help you can get if you can get guys hitting like tay or guriel who started really really slow and then turned it on when it mattered and made himself relevant again whether that's going to be in trade talks or as a big piece of this team going forward which is where i would be leaning to you take that help and you don't make a big deal of it and like the team obviously didn't make a big deal of it and but in most cases with things like this, they're going to keep that hush hush and they're not going to make that public that Barfield did that on its own and, and kind right. of, um, made some tweets kind of stating a reconciliation with the ship. and with Atkins afterwards, whatever that was or whatever it means, I don't know. And I yeah. don't think it really matters, mm-hmm. but yeah, to me, to me, it screams that somebody was a little bit butthurt that, uh, that somebody else was going to get some credit and uh, they wanted to, to nip that it. before it got out there.
3: <laughs> Craig, so, do, you, do you have a conspiracy theory or do you agree with Mr. Key? I don't have a conspiracy theory, but I, I, I'm a person I've actually
2: ch- chatted on Twitter with Jesse Barfield and funny enough about hitting. <laughs> so this is a guy that goes out online and just, he's, he's enamored with baseball, just like all of us are. And obviously mm-hmm. he was, a high-end professional at this game when he was playing. You know, he was the first Blue Jays um, home run champion for a season, if I recall correctly. Oh think it was so but to that point he's going online he just freaking throws tweets at freaking random hitters in major league baseball and goes hey you know you're stepping in the bucket hey you you know start your swing just a little bit earlier yeah (laughs) those things Mm -hmm. it's a guy that's very you know just happy to spread the wealth of knowledge obviously that he's accumulated in his lifetime about hitting and to that point if he saw something and to the point of what i believe the exact quote from him was somewhere in the ballpark. if you saw your child drowning and you knew you I'm could help. help. You're going to help. You're not going to sit there. And honestly, I love the fact that he still treats a, this organization because he played – he was a Yankees great, too. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he considers his first home his true family in the midst of this whole thing to just, you know, hey, you know, to, to dive in and help out with this. I just think that speaks to the content of his character. And the, he is the uh, – I just looked it up. He's the alumni ambassador for the Toronto Blue Jays. So he's that link right. between – Yes. Okay. Blue Jays alumni and the actual club. Um, to that point, like I said, I just, if you have any advice that's ever, you know, sometimes some people are just too close to the project and it has nothing to do with what they know, mm-hmm. don't know, anything <clears throat> like that. Ding, 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 ding. What a second set of eyes. I'm an engineer in my daytime life outside of, uh, you know, not knowing anything about actual baseball. <laughs> but. There, there's so many things. It's done in a team effort. You know, either, no matter what project you're working on, if you're trying to live in a vacuum and do everything exactly the same all day every day, maybe that's not right for someone. And yeah. maybe it really isn't going to fix the problem. And with these, you know, quote unquote, three players that he helped, that we have, you know, since heard of, that are pretty much the best parts of our lineup <laughs> he, he found those couple of things that they were missing and you know maybe it was just a few text messages or phone calls or whatever it was like he said and next thing you know a couple
0: extra. of videos he sent them he he posted one or two of the videos they were actually really informative if you saw Very them
2: like i said the guy is a freaking like girth of knowledge yeah <laughs>
0: he's a <laughs> hidden guru like if they yeah. if there were kids out there young athletes like go look through his Twitter feed. Cause there's a bunch of other videos of this guy showing stuff like go and watch it.
2: He has and a lot of videos studied. when he was playing in the minor leagues. Cause I think that's actually around where his home is in the off season and stuff like that. I don't recall, but there's a lot of videos from minor league baseball players and especially his, um, I think it's his son that's been, you know, coming along pretty damn well in the minor leagues. So just saying mm-hmm. um, that he, he's enamored with the game and he doesn't, you know, and like he he's happy to share his knowledge and the for the person that's willing to take that knowledge, clearly it can help.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I don't see yeah, anything I got... wrong. I don't see anything wrong with what he did at the end of the day. I don't even know why it came up. I think I agree with Chris on <laughs> the fact that they probably wanted to squash anything if somebody was gonna speak up publicly. I don't know. It's kind mm-hmm. of screams to me that Dave Hudgens got a little upset. That uh, <laughs> I don't know why. It just seems to have Dave Hudgens written all over it. <laughs> the point I'm looking at the Sportsnet article that
2: was just released two days ago, so it's yeah. more recent than the original one. He still yeah. has his job, so apparently it yeah. isn't
0: too bad.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Maybe say it's going to mm-hmm. go
2: through the proper channel next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Fair, fair. And yeah, I think it's it, it's kind of neat. The yeah, Burfield even showed that like how he got linked with Lourdes Curiel was at like Winterfest or Jay's Fest or something and they were serving popcorn together and yeah, that's, and that's Lourdes cool good, eh? and and <laughs> Lourdes started asking him questions about hitting and whatever so like i don't think this is an isolated incident with Barfield where Guriel reached out to him at some point in the last couple of years or maybe Barfield has been saying to him over the last couple of years hey try this try this try that And then this year, something really clicked with whatever he said. Um, But did Barfield have to come out and like tweet it all out and say probably not? Probably instructed. He's a proud dude, so like I'd be proud if I had three guys like that where I helped them figure out what was going on with them, and now they're all silver slugger finalists, and two of them are probably gonna win and like. I don't know. I'd be and proud that of that, point, too.
2: Yeah, he's obviously, like you said, I agree with you. everything you just said. But um, to that next point, though, he didn't come out and was a jackass about it. No, okay, <laughs> you know, that was like one of the classiest, well-written yeah. <laughs> letters I've ever seen in my life. And for an, obviously a situation that was n- not the best to be in, but whoever maybe did get upset about that whole thing. If you were reading that and after the fact yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which I'm assuming he also got a formal apology for, <laughs> that says it all right there. It's mm-hmm. the content of his character and the fact that he even... Talks randomly online with goofballs like me. I thought that was amazing. You know? he's just that kind of a nice guy.
0: No, do he's... you think? Do
3: you think he's up for a batting or a hitting coach job? I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is there some sort of hidden motive here for him to release, especially yeah. the names of the three <laughs> players? Like, like, is he trying to get in somewhere else? Is he trying to uh, get in as? The I hitting think he coach? can get a
2: job though without even trying that. Probably. Every, you I mean, know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I, I'd be I'm curious. Around there's got to be some sort of underlying motive because you don't just release that unless you're instructed to, or if there was some sort of like power struggle in the organization, like I guess worst case, maybe they're trying to get ahead of the fact that maybe Lourdes into Oscar, who was the third, who was the third player? Guerrero. Guerrero, Vlad. Okay. So you're three superstars, uh, minus Bo, mm-hmm. um, be like, hey, we, we like listening to this guy over our own hitting coach. That's the only thing I can see why yeah. he'd be instructed to say it. If not, ooh, there's probably ooh, some ooh. other motive.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, so they hired Bob Bouchette's dad and Dante. <laughs> yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah. Just do it now with Jesse Barfield. <laughs> yeah.
4: They
2: did it way back long ago when Randall, not Randall, a fucking Colby Coley Rasmus Rasmus. Yeah. <laughs> oh. stuff and they, was, they were not getting butthurt about that and they knew that whole problem. So, yeah, I don't see an issue. I'm not going to lie, out of all these situations, I'm sorry to say I like our coaches. There is not a problem there. But if you have a chance to listen to Dante Bichette, Jesse Barfield, I probably will. Vlad (laughs) (laughs) Sr., any of these guys, you have a
0: wealth of knowledge there. Don't be pushing away
3: what you have. And there's no way that Vlad Senior <laughs> doesn't tell his son what to do from time to time, especially if he Nuts. struggles. Like, what's, what's, like, what's the issue with Bo going to Dante or Vlad going to his dad and saying, "Hey, I'm struggling. I, I'm trying everything the hitting coach is trying to get me to do, and it still doesn't seem to be resonating with me." Do you see anything in my swing that's gone wrong? And they probably sit down and talk about it. There's no difference mm. They're going to Jesse yeah, Barfield versus that.
2: Yeah, to that point, all Vlad was saying, you're swinging at too many ball, aren't too many strikes that are in the strike zone. You gotta swing yeah. at some
0: off <laughs> wait, wait until they bounce one to you.
3: Yes, yes, and An <laughs> then swing, and An then swing, real hard. glad
2: Bladds Jr. probably just goes, listen to Jesse Barfield.
3: <laughs> yeah, just don't listen <laughs> to me, don't listen to me. But yeah, non-story, I mean, at the end of the day, that was the biggest piece of Blue Jays-related news over the last seven days since our last recording, and that just shows you what kind of content we're looking for right here until we get to the <laughs> Uh is dissecting that something that's not a, a really problem. Fun. So for
2: that point though, it actually made for a really fun job showtime. Oh,
3: absolutely, it's
2: great.
3: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we we made a whole lot of uh, over nothing really. And I think that, as I was reading the article too, I'm just thinking, why the hell is this like trying to be blown out of proportion for no reason? Like mm. there doesn't seem to be anybody that's butthurt about this right now that we know of. There doesn't seem to be any consequences. It's just an apology. Move on. You had three incredible hitters who turned their season around after these conversations. So. Let's move on and try to become a 94-win team next year instead of 89, because mm-hmm. that should get us in the playoffs next year, 94 wins. Maybe the <laughs> fucking Giants next year. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other piece of kind of Blue Jays news that broke over the last week or so was that Chairman... Edward Rogers, Um, you might recognize the last name. Yep, they're the family that owns the Blue Jays and the whole big media outlet that is Rogers. Um, Cable, TVs, everything. Basically everything in Canada is either governed by Rogers or Bell when it comes to your entertainment. And yes, the Rogers family is going through some sort of internal struggle and internal fight to get Edward Rogers off of the board. Um, All that different kind of stuff and have him not have such an important position. But what came to light was the fact that This wasn't Blue Jays related, but there was a whole thing during the offseason that Edward Rogers Masayu Jiri, who is just an incredible executive for the Toronto Raptors, um, there was a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say animosity, but Edward Rogers trying to step in and maybe feeling a little bit threatened by somebody who's better than him, uh, somebody who won and helped architect an NBA champion that came through, um, and he seemed to get a little offended by the way Masai Ujiri was acting. That's besides the point. There is a little bit of a Blue Jays tie in with this is at the end of 2015, after it was solidified that Mark Shapiro was going to come on and join the Blue Jays in his current capacity, there was a last ditch effort to try to retain Alex Anthopoulos. And towards the very end, Alex Anthopoulos actually met with Edward Rogers. And apparently it was the first ever time that Anthopoulos had really even heard of the guy. Um, it seemed like an ethopolis was outdoor regardless, but at the end of the day, there's some power struggle. There's some just some weird vibes going on in ownership of this. And a couple people have a concern about this moving forward. I forget what beat writer it was that said it. I'll have to go dig it up, but somebody said it's possible that teams in free agency or agents could use this Blue Jays power struggle amongst ownership to be like, don't sign with them. There's some ownership instability there. Um, Craig, I'm not sure if you've read the story about what happened between Edward Rogers and Masayu Giri, but also kind of the little bit of a Blue Jays tie into it. But at the end of the day, is it something that you think could hurt them in free agency if an agent said, well, don't go to them? Like, look at that power struggle they're having. There's a little bit of instability there. I don't know if you, that whole story.
2: To that point, um, I'm just going to say Atkins seemed, or not Atkins, Pyro seemed pretty damn sure that his budget's already established. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so,
0: I know. He, did, he did say that they're having meetings over the next month to determine what it actually is, though. So
2: Correct, but to the fact that everything up to this point is an increase. Mm-hmm. I, and to that point right now, I think this team, even if they keep a payroll that they've been, you know, targeting for the last couple of years here where they expected to be they're on track with their plan the plan hasn't changed and they they're most of the way there so why would you stop spending money on it now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. they want to get they have a chance to get tons of asses in those seats in the rogers center tons of eyeballs on all rogers media and everything all over the freaking country and apparently down here in rochester new york for at least the you know goofball like me and our other co-host and Corsair. Yep, shout out buddy <laughs> so um to that, yeah exactly yeah, like, oh was you got it <laughs> but um they're not going to stop spending money on this team right now so i don't it'd be a stupid ass business decision no matter who's sitting in that chair to stop spending money on this team right now when you already have two great players there you're spending a lot of money on one of them might be a little on the decline in, in Ryu, but we're going to still get good baseball, I think, with him. And then you just threw a brick of money, and you're only in the first spring, first uh, contract season of uh, George Springer fully. Uh, there's no way to help. They're going to spend money, and I do still think that they're going to go out there and look for trade guys. But in the midst of those trades, I think they're going to be willing to take on salary would be the big catch. Mm-hmm. So. I don't see this being a Blue Jay issue at the moment. I would think if they were trying to recruit somebody to take over for Shapiro or somebody like that, that would be where the big problem would be. Mm -hmm. But if anything, this is hurting some of the other things I think around the team with maybe renovation level, Mm -hmm. a new ballpark, (laughs) those kind of things, more than the product on the field for this upcoming season.
3: Chris? I,
0: I don't see it being such a huge deal for free agency like we were able to get george springer and Marcus Semien up here without a home yeah uh, um and, and without knowing the what was going on with the border um where i see it being an issue now is and we're still not a hundred percent sure who's actually signing the checks there right like we don't do we know if it's this Natali guy or is it Ed Rogers who's signing the checks? We don't know exactly, I don't think. I would imagine it's probably Ed Rogers is the one signing the checks at the very end of the day. Um, To me, if you can't get this guy on board for giving $15 million a year or whatever they're, they're paying to Masai Ujiri, and he's raised the franchise value of the Toronto Raptors yeah. $500 million or whatever it is. How are we supposed to convince this guy that we need to pay Vladimir Guerrero Jr. $300 million, and how are we supposed to convince him oh. that Bo Bichette is going to give you a return on 250 to $300 million as well? That's what along with what with, with Craig said, with renovations to the park or, new or a new stadium. I see that being problematic. Um, they also have the mayor of Toronto on the payroll as well. So that probably doesn't hurt (laughs) in that respect, um, as the mediator or whatever the hell he is making a hundred grand a year from Rogers to get involved with the family issues, standing in the middle of it because whatever, I I do see it being problematic though, with trying to retain these guys for such high numbers, right? I'm not, at this point, reading this stuff, I'm not confident that they will shell out that kind of money. That could change very quickly, obviously. But it's hard to see it right now, and it's hard to believe it until they do it.
3: Yeah. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Yeah, again, it's not really a blue jay's story it's more only focused around what happened with the raptors and masayu jerry and trying to bring him back but chris i think your point about if you don't value and want to pay masayu jerry what he's probably worth like the raptors are a 10 a top 10 team in valuation in the nba they were never even close to that radar before Masai Ujiri came here. I gotta remember ESPN posted it the night that the NBA star- season started about the mo- 10 most valuable teams, and all the comments, a ton of comments were like, holy crap, I didn't mm. even realize the Raptors were that popular and that, that much mm. value. So if they're struggling to pay him, or maybe there's just some sort of weird dislike for Masai Ujiri, maybe it's a separate thing, but I could see it. Uh,
0: in- there were some undertones like implied that. about that. Yeah. There, there were definitely some, yeah yeah so to
2: that point that this shows how how valuable the Canadian market really that's,
0: is oh that's another thing too <clears throat> did did and, you catch part of it at the at the at the bottom though Brendan I don't think so that with regards to Ed Rogers conditions on signing Majiri that he wanted to restructure a lot of what was happening in MLSE, and one of the things that he wanted restructured was adding the Toronto Blue Jays to that package. Oh, shit. Actually,
3: I did see that. I forgot about that. hmm So they so wanted you're, to... You're they want to... That? <laughs> that means there's a whole hell
0: of a lot more money to play with. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all in the bucket instead of it being, oh, you just get this little piece. Yeah. <laughs> now, Rodgers owns 37, 37.5%, so does Bell in MLSE, oh. and then Larry Tannenbaum owns what's the rest of the math, 22% or whatever it is. Um, could that play to the Toronto Blue Jays' benefit? Maybe, maybe I see how the Leafs are run, and that doesn't inspire me too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and come on, Josh of...
2: Donaldson's suiting up, didn't
0: you see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think that has more to do with Shanahan and what stems from the top than anything. But uh, with Shapiro, I feel I feel completely confident, confident in whatever he's going to do anyway. But I- if that were to happen. I think the sky's the limit for this team because there's so many other things that 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 company can do and the buying power and the pull that they have in
3: Canada is unbelievable. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Yeah, it'll be interesting to monitor, see what happens with the whole power struggle that is at Rogers right now with Mr. Edward and being... uh, a little bit of a goofball this past summer by trying to not retain Masayujiri Ujiri and whatnot. It could affect the Blue Jays. It very well could. So it's something to monitor as the offseason goes along. Um, Was there anything else that you guys wanted to add? I know we uh, threw around a bunch of stuff in the um, Twitter messages as we were planning for this show. There was talks about, do we talk about the CBA this episode? Do we go into hypothetical trades? I think maybe that's saved for when we start our true offseason stuff. But was there anything else Mm -hmm. that you guys have seen on social media from fans, from beat writers, from anything that you can bring up before, uh, before we end with a staple Craig Borden game? <laughs> uh how about Gabby Moreno?
0: Off to an incredible He's, start. Like I, hitting yeah. almost 509 games in an yeah. absolute boom boom shot, straight away mm. center that would have hit Windows. Oh,
3: so yeah. when when are we calling his arrival at the big leagues uh in 2022?
0: Well, because you're gonna so. trade one of the catchers, you start yeah. you you bring him up on opening day. Yeah, I
2: haven't I, seen anything I'm, outside the Alejandro I'm, Kirk idea.
0: Yeah, I yeah, really don't. like I there was I was listening to and say what you want about this, but Blair and bark. Um, <laughs> but basically, what Barker was saying was, "What's the difference from what you did to Alejandro Kirk or even very true Alec Manoa this year? Yeah, you threw you threw him in, you threw him into the fire. They made it out, it's exceeded and thrive. Well, Kirk less so Somewhat. this year than than Manoa Went into the deep end and they swam. And that it, what does it matter if he can catch? He apparently he yeah, can yeah. he can apparently really catch. Sounds better than both options that were already or th- all three options that were running out there right now. That's for so sure. Dangle Kirk out there, Mourinho, and see what happens. You still have Danny Jansen, and there's always some veteran catcher left over always. at the end of at the end of spring training that you can go and pick up if Moreno completely falls on his face. Um, which, like, he's not going to make the opening day roster. I'm not saying that he'll be left. In, well, depending on how this new CBA goes, he'll be left until May 1st or whatever the hell yeah, the date yeah. is. It, but why not? If if he gives you an opportunity to win more ball games and Do add it. another bat, why not? Absolutely. Bring him up. Let Absolutely. let the kids rake. Look at the Blue Jays' weaknesses from a year
2: ago. Catcher. <laughs> Catcher. And third base, you look at those two positions, and if you can gain one fucking win, yeah, yeah, yeah. just saying, you can do it. And to that point, I would be very curious if somebody had the stat in front of what the Blue Jays collective at average was for players that started at the position at catcher. I'm not talking about the games where Alejandro Kirk DH'd and raked. I'm talking about the general 1.94, you know batting average that we had from the year before <laughs> you know that kind of shit is the difference in the world right now and if gabby Moreno can do anything to help that out you have to pull the damn trigger and I, right now i'm in the school of thought of what you both said i don't i'm not bringing him up to the big league club like i did with kirk to start this season at least kirk had that little you know cup of coffee the year before but there's a chance there Let's say he starts in Buffalo this year. Just absolutely destroys AAA pitching. Up by Aren't you at Victoria. least intrigued and tantalized with that idea that he might be able to run into something totally. off of the bench to do a 60-40 split with Jansen or Kirk? 100%. <laughs> and then maybe steal the job.
3: Seems easy. Seems I don't, th-
0: I don't think Kirk's on this team next year.
3: So that's what's going to be and my unfortunately next question. I don't
0: agree with you, but I don't like it. Kirk.
3: So I think we're all in agreement. I, I, I'm perfectly
0: long. fine with it if Mourinho's going to be the guy. Yeah, you don't need four catchers on this team. Yeah,
2: and unfortunately, uh, and apparently Mourinho's hot spot. He doesn't have any trade value. Reese McGuire doesn't have any trade value of anything other than a backup catcher. Yeah. So Kirk's your guy that could be a real catcher.
0: Mourinho yeah. played some infield this year before I he got, got... hurt. To be some, not was it first base or third
3: base? I'm pretty sure it was third base. I thought it was.
0: I thought it was third base.
2: I was under the impression it was third base too. Yeah, yeah. So, so I that. think we it was third base. Agree, and we win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> want to say, yeah. I want to say, yeah. He played some third catch. Oh, he played one game at third base. One game. Yeah. Apparently.
2: Well, that to that point, at least he might be but. taking some big reps, but. I think clearly yeah. the thing you're gaining is offense, just like how we were talking the last two years with Alejandro Kirk batting. Mm-hmm. So I you, you started going down this path, Chris, and I credit you for this, but the fact that he has nine hits in five games right now, and four of those are extra bases. He's got three doubles and a home run.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it was a monster yeah. home run. He's good. He was yeah.
2: Huge. It was a destroy. Like there's lucky there's still a cover on that damn baseball. <laughs> So, but to that point, I I know the people on this show know this, but for the average fan, the Arizona fall league is a very competitive baseball. This is the best prospects in all baseball. And some guys that are just left over that really want to play really good baseball still. And can't play in the major league. Correct. And then we saw what he did, you know, and then he ended up, not only did that, but didn't he play in the Dominican league right after the fall? Yeah. yeah, So mm -hmm. Vlad basically had all year long baseball last year, and that's why we got to see the, the best of that, I believe, because he worked all these little kinks out because he had a really rough Arizona fall league.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll bet you Mourinho goes to Dominican or something like that as well this year. Wouldn't be shocked. Wouldn't he He only played 30 sense. 30 games this year. Yeah, yeah. 37 games. So
2: yeah, he'll be
3: he'll be uh, the team that
2: he's talking with right now, too. There's two guys on that team that have 14 RBIs, 13 RBIs. And one of them is Juan Yepes. that is, I'm, I can't recall what team he plays on. And then Jeter Downs, who is oh, one of the top 100 play you know, prospects in baseball right now. So mm-hmm. he's in that same conversation on that team he's playing on in the Arizona Fall League. That's one of the
3: best hitters on that team right now. Absolutely. That will be something to monitor as the offseason goes along and what happens. But I think we're in agreement. And we'll, there will probably be because, Craig, you know this from the last couple of years, there's usually one big hypothetical trade episode per offseason like a couple years ago it was Nolan Arenado. I forget who it was like even two or three off seasons ago but I'm sure that when that episode comes uh, Alejandro Kirk's name will be thrown into there as a potential package and I don't think people will be upset if it brings back that level of a player. <laughs> those
2: were always our most, before our uh, obviously joining with Fanside and Jay those were always our most popular episodes.
3: Yeah. So Everybody loves rumors. Sometimes the offseason is better than in-season content because people get into their <laughs> routine they want to watch the games, they're like hey just win doesn't matter what everybody else has to say it's the rumors that get people going that's for sure yeah
2: and then, well, then you can join in the conversation with us get on this twitter board and just freaking yeah. argue. yeah, yeah come, on. I have you come on us to talk trade with and be like yo what the hell why aren't you talking about this
3: we're here yeah. <laughs> So Craig, as we normally do during the regular season, and Chris, you know this because every pick of yours was Robbie Ray for the uh, for the regular season. We do picks to click. Craig has kind of thought of something else to replace that for the off season. So Craig, why don't you run with it to end the show?
2: Yeah, we're gonna think of something stupid basically to do as a goof around thing at the end of every show where we can just you know have some fun and create some Twitter content yeah, Twitter <laughs> content at the end of the week year and yeah. like. Carry- and uh goof around and have some fun with offseason baseball and we've done already like kind of like almost like a darwin level awards thing for yeah. you know the stupid things that award random people on our bench basically um last week we had chris henderson of jay's journal and country music fame <laughs> on the show and we because we all three of us had previously written together on jay's journal uh we played a game on trying to name the most popular articles the three of us have had over the years while we were writing and uh the you know results were rather ridiculous and stupid (laughs) so we're just going to keep this fun going and the game i thought of this week and obviously anybody on twitter that has any good fun ideas we're going to goof around with this too put in your two cents if you have any fun ideas of games we could play with you and the fans and on the show with our guests um obviously add your two cents and we'll play but this week Gentlemen, we are going to play your first off the best piece of Blue Jays memorabilia you have, and then the most obscure and random piece of Blue Jays uh, memorabilia that you might have in your personal collection. And I'm not talking about that manure and Kawasaki juice behind <laughs> you, <laughs> Mr. Key. I'm just kidding. There's no Kawasaki. <laughs> I don't have, you don't have like a bobblehead of him yelling, I'm
0: a Japanese.
2: No, I do not. No, no,
3: no, I'm glad they didn't make one either. <laughs> no, uh, Mark DeRosa owns
2: that.
0: Just saying. They <laughs> would have, people would have been lined up to Scotiabank wild. Arena for that. Wild for you that. Like Camping out the night before, <laughs> easily.
3: With, you with have
2: that, your raise you know. the bar with Della Bar shirt. Just questioning.
3: <laughs> oh, I was, I wasn't that one. Remember when they were trying to send Michael Saunders to the All Star Game and they had like the vote saunders so it was like a target i had one of those <laughs> or
2: whatever right <laughs> but I, I, wouldn't,
3: I wouldn't call that my most obscure or my best i gotta think of the best i already know my most obscure um yeah. but i'll save that for later <laughs> let's start with favorite while you all obviously completely keep your uh, hands
0: i'm like trying you. to look it's around to most see random
2: shit.
3: <laughs> it's not memorabilia but can i just put a different twist on your question
2: oh right ahead this is for hmm. fun
3: the, the memory of being at the flip game uh, for me, because I, I've said it multiple times on this show, um, I'm kind of scared that that's already, what, when I, when I was only 23 at the time, is <laughs> probably the best sporting event I will ever end up going to. If there's another sporting event that somehow tops the emotions... And just all the stakes of the bat flip. Like, if the bat flip game essentially rehappened, but in like game seven, the World Series, or to go to the World Series, then maybe the stakes are a little higher and that tops it. But I think the memory of that for now, knowing that that's probably the best one. That's what <laughs> no, I can't is. <laughs> is yeah, uh like a, It's like a
0: little, I don't know if you can see it, but it's like a, so like, twas I can't even I'm do it. But no, it's like a, flip oh, you flip. Or
3: you flip. Oh, awesome. yeah, i don't
0: know if you could see it at all but that is pretty sweet we could see it yeah, you, you flip yeah. It,
3: it actually shows him doing it that's pretty yeah. cool so is that, that is the cool. best or I, most I
0: don't know people? no i don't know if that's any of them it was just i was <laughs> looking at it while you were saying the bat flip game um no i would really have to look around so you didn't a
2: was... or something from that night brendan <laughs> that's, that? that's that? it that's it you didn't keep a bat flip uh, beer can from that night that didn't get thrown on the field, or yeah. <laughs> but, like,
3: ugh. I would have lost, lost it. Didn't that steal
2: a pin from Harold Reynolds or something like? That. <laughs> yeah, no,
3: I would have lost the can that night too. With uh, oh. how drunk was after that? Mm. I can. No, I you should
2: just went well. This welt pe- this welt came. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from oh, tripping oh. and falling down the ramp, leaving the ballpark. <laughs> All right, do you want me to give you my uh, most obscure in this? Yeah, go go for most it's obscure. Or
3: name, if you know yeah. both, them, go for both of them.
2: Yeah, so anyway, my most obscure, I'm going to go with this one because this was actually, sadly, a Toronto Blue Jays giveaway in the Angry Bird era. I have a Ted Lilly Pez dispenser.
3: Oh, that's pretty what?
0: cool.
2: <laughs> yes. That's really cool. I have cool. four of them. What?
0: <laughs> this guy from Gibby knocking them out? <laughs>
2: Oddly, uh, the Pez Spencer body is in the Black Jays jersey.
3: <laughs> wow. So, what year would that yeah. have been? Because, what, Lily was on the team from 2003 or
1: 2002, 2003
2: to 2006?
3: Something <laughs> like weird. that. I want it would, it was so. It was obviously a
2: couple of years after we got him, but like really, all the stuff we have back then, all the failures we had on those teams, it would have been like the, the only person who could have gave a you know a weirder award to was like by giving like out freaking Miguel Batista freaking
3: uh, oh,
2: <laughs> anything.
3: Hey, or having, definitely was an All Star one year, man.
2: <laughs> or Josh Towers le- like bookends or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. But um. Brendan, I'm surprised. All this I know you are that you went to during the days. You didn't pull out the Gustavo Chassine Cologne. <laughs> oh,
3: I wish I had that. That was the night of my like elementary school graduation. So I was a little tied ah, up.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just remember you were you mentioned that at one point, brought that up yeah. as a thing one time. So. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's why I wasn't there. I tried some, to get out have had some
2: weird giveaways
3: i just trying to think of some of them because either I go too late to get there especially when I was living right beside the dome I wouldn't line up and just roll in at like 1 o'clock and be there at 102 uh, ah, That's good, I know my most obscure um, both a hat and a baseball somewhere in this house uh, so, with the Garfoos on it. Remember Dirk Hayhurst and his Dirk Hayhurst. Yeah. Yes. So and I loved the Garfoos. It was my fantasy sports team's name for years. And uh, I thought it was so cool. So I got a couple Garfooses in the house. There you go.
2: So, Chris, you got anything yet? Uh, or you only got uh, cool stuff, is all you're telling us. No, yeah. I really
0: don't. Like when, when Wes and I started this podcast, I guess this is kind of Blue Jays related, I guess. But like when we first started this podcast, I just started like messaging anybody and everybody that I possibly could think of to try and come on the show just for fun and being cocky and stupid and just thinking that this is how you do You do things, so like we had like Wilner and Shulman and Ben Wagner and like Jamie Campbell, Joe Siddle. Like we had all these guys on, like lined up in a week. It was ridiculous how we were able to get all these people, like right when COVID started. So it was super cool. So then I started like trying to. I I went um, and started finding baseballs with these guys, all their signatures and whatever. So I've been trying to get all of their signatures on baseballs and whatever. So I have like Shulman and uh, another one is Bill Humber as well. If you guys know who he is, he's like Canada's top baseball historian. Oh, really? uh, he he's okay. been on our I mean, show a couple of times. Time yeah, yeah. He he's, he's been on the show with Wes a couple of times. Wes was doing the Canadian baseball history, um, series that he ran and talked about like the Asahi team and, um, like the Chatham colored all-stars, uh, and a couple other, um, kind of famous teams and and stuff. So that was in leagues, um so so i've been kind of doing that but like probably like true blue Jays stuff i remember when i was really little it was shortly after the blue jays won the world series and brendan you would know conestoga mall yep. but this is like it was nothing like what it was such a dive yeah it was such a crappy nice mall now. at one point it's nice now but it was uh absolute dumpster fire for many many years um and i remember my mom was there and my great grandparents were there and we went early because there was a pat borders like autograph session uh and he was there so we got there super early and we sat down for breakfast in the food court and i was like sitting there three years old or whatever with my little blue jays hat on and shirt and this guy came over he's like oh hey are you a fan of the blue jays or whatever uh, can I sit down and have breakfast with you? And lo and behold, it was Pat Borders. Well, so cool. so I have like a, a thing autographed by Pat Borders and whatever. So Nothing. no, I, I don't remember a whole lot so like, of, like, of it. Like I was like three years old, but that was like my one cool moment, I guess. That is pretty cool. That's, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty similar, <laughs> similar to how other, to other pack, than going to the Gregs on charity beer pong tournament and watching <laughs> just yeah. the sleaziest oh. show you have ever seen. When you okay, I can't go on any further. I no, can't, because I mean, it'll
3: Greg's be yeah. Talk and go down a slippery slope. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw things. Let's just say that. Uh, I've <laughs> seen him out at Toronto bars before a couple times, and there's some interesting stories you can tell about Greg Zahn and what he does when he gets a little too drunk. <laughs>
0: Wes has a if you guys can get Wes on the show at some time, ask him about Joe Biagini. Okay. <laughs>
3: That's
2: well, this will.
0: guy's got a story. Will. Yeah, ask <laughs> him about B. and Grichik. Okay,
3: okay, we'll, <laughs> save, we'll save that for Wes's story time when he comes yeah. on the show. <laughs> that, that one's a good one. All right, so but back,
2: back to where we were goofing around. What is your most prized Blue Jays possession, or you know, your what you think is your coolest one?
3: The memory of winning the World
0: Series.
2: Oh, come on i'm talking physical shit
0: man
2: <laughs> this is your chance to gloat your collection <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: once again not exactly blue jays related but we played the last uh they used to play a slow pitch tournament in the dome uh and there'd be three games going on at once and we like our team won the last one and i have the banner from like winning that's it. pretty cool
3: so that's pretty cool yeah that would be yeah was that when they did games like at all times of the night? Like you could play games Oh yeah,
0: it was ridiculous. Like we played our the last day, like our first schedule, I could tell you almost exactly Friday night. We played at 6 30 and then we played at like 10 in the morning on Saturday and then like two in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. then and then basically we played from like seven thirty or something, like Sunday morning until like eight thirty at night, like straight through. It yeah. was ridiculous.
3: I heard Aw. that there was some upset times. It, of it's stupid.
0: That one. Yeah, it, it was stupid. The the 24 hour tournaments over three days are ridiculous. Like, It'll people so are concrete. sleeping in the bleachers, and it's an eerie, eerie place when it's completely empty. Yeah. It's a really concrete. creepy place. Like, everything echoes. You can't even fart in the place because everybody's <laughs> going to hear you. <laughs> is it got like those
2: weird like vortexes of sound like if you're completely across the ballpark from somebody they hear it
0: yeah they're standing next to you yeah it's super awkward and eerie and like kevin pilar showed up we we were out for dinner at that at that point but yeah kevin pilar showed up uh that year in the middle of the tournament which was kind of cool that is cool that's really cool
3: craig what about you what's your most prized position
2: Mine comes with a stupid story and I have, so my dad, my uncles, basically every male in my family went to the 1991 all-star game at the Skydome. And mind you, I'm old enough to be a big fan at that point. You know, I was born in 84 and I'm sitting there going, well, where the fuck's my ticket? (laughs) You know? So they're like, Oh, you're staying home with mom, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) So my All my relatives and everything and my dad go to the ball game, have a great time. He comes home with a 1991 All-Star game ball. And he goes, here, I got you a gift. Hands me that, right? And I'm like, oh, that's it? You get a $3 ball? Okay. (laughs) So many, many, many years later, Joe Carter happened to be here in Rochester for Toronto Blue Jays night. They had a bunch of Toronto Blue Jays alumni here, Joe Carter being the headline for a Rochester Red Wings game against the Buffalo Bisons. And in the midst of that, I'm like, I'm going to get Joe Carter's autograph on this ball, (laughs) you know, just to, you know, rub on the fact that I met Joe Carter and had a conversation (laughs) to my dad. Right. So I take him the ball and I show it to him and he goes, wow, I haven't even had anybody ever want me to sign one of these. Well, I'm like, that's because I got to tell you a story. (laughs) And I told Joe Carter the story that my dad, you know, went to the ball game baby with baby. everybody without me brought yeah. me home the ball <laughs> and, he, and I'm like now I'm gonna go give him this baseball, <laughs> and he didn't want it because he just <laughs> I bought that for you years ago you know Kind of thanks so the fact that Joe Carter got a chuckle out of that story I thought was hilarious that's, so, that's up on my cool. mantle and I got a picture of him with it you know with me and him holding the ball <laughs> that was what I was playing I keep doing, giving the ball to my dad <laughs> and so it was just fun to be having that little story around with it. And the fact that I got a picture of Joe Carter laughing
3: hysterically and then with me, yeah, kind of yeah. <laughs> there's always a bunch of good baseball stories that people can rehash. That's the one good thing about that sport that always has a lot of breaks and time in between pitches and in between actions is there's always good times for stories, especially mm-hmm. with how long the season is and how accessible the players can be. It is uh, it is all around <laughs> a lot of good baseball stories that people can tell from their years of being fans. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before we do two claps and a Ric Flair? If you are ever looking for good Toronto Blue Jays memorabilia, you need to go to spring training. Yeah. (laughs) Got
2: more Mm -hmm, stuff from Dunedin than I have ever in anything else. And some really random cool stuff. And with the players being, even in the new ballpark, even in the new ballpark that they renovated and everything, the players are boom right there. And it's going to be interesting to see when the COVID stuff loosens up a little bit on how, Things can get back to normal in Dunedin for that because that is still one of my favorite things to do as a Toronto Blue Jays fan.
0: Period. Well, it's Florida, so
3: yeah, I don't think there's normal there ever again. We're open for business. Come on down.
2: (laughs) What was they were um the. uh... One of the, I think it was the governor of Florida said to all the boats there, you know, off of California, this, you know, that with all the things that you know, basically we use in North America that come from China, go, <laughs> no, just come on over here, we'll take care of that. It's yeah, like, okay, open. what? You know, the retirees gonna get on their scooters and unload fucking pallets from um, ships? Or <laughs> don't worry about it. Not to mention there's this giant landmass in between <laughs> that side of the United States. The other, and there's like only really two ways you can get there. But the panel the the <laughs> the pull it back down. all
3: the way around. <laughs> a long Don't way. worry about it, <laughs> Chris. Anything you want to add before we before we wrap it up?
0: Nothing that's going to lead down another hour and a half rabbit hole.
3: <laughs> we'll save that for next time. So there's more content. <laughs> there's <laughs> all right, guys. It's <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect. We uh, we milked this somewhat content cow enough. For this evening, thank you everybody for listening. As always, make sure you check us out on Jay's Journal when I remember to post the articles. Uh, when, uh, when we're starting to get big, leave us reviews, whatnot, and uh, check out Stadium Scene as well. Always got to shout them out, always retweeting our stuff. Uh, great uh, podcast aggregator of content there. But gentlemen, let's end the show how we always do with two claps and a rick Flair. Ready? One, two, three, go. go. Woo. Let's go, Jays.
2: Do it. Ha <laughs>